Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Uh, a lot of people are freaking out. I get some of the lefts freak out with regard to uh, not having to wear a mask. And, and honestly, you know you've been, and, and we've been hearing this word a lot lately, groomed. You know, you've been groomed, you've been brainwashed when, if you look at just now three years ago, and you looked at the average person, you said, here, I need you to wear this mask when you go on public transportation, wherever you go, I want you to wear this mask. When you go to the grocery store, I want you to wear this stupid paper mask, and I want them to hand them out at every store, and I want people to be taken down by the authorities and kicked out of venues for not wearing a stupid mask. See how well that would have flown about three years ago. And then we decided we'd see how well these work with this new pandemic that was played up in 2020 because 2020 was 2020. And yes, it was a serious virus. We're not going to go through all that nonsense again. I got it. I couldn't get vaccinated. I got it. I got sick. I didn't almost die. Whatever. A lot of people have. That said, the overreaction, the overreach by federal, state, and local authorities was quite simply stunning, including saying you can't go to church. You can't go to church. But now the, I guess they are sadists, right? The masochists are like the, the masochists are the spankers and sadists are the spankees. So the sadists have gone, ooh, I kind of like the way you're humiliating me. <laughs> this is a really bad analogy. I, I like the pain you're inflicting on me so much. And I don't know, maybe there's this self-suffering, self-loathing liberalism that exists in the world. Maybe that's a part of it. I don't know. But do you see me say, you know, somebody say, take the, take the mask off because the ruling that the, to, to make us wear masks was capricious and it was not based on science. It was nonsense. By the way, if you're just going to say, well, judges, they're not scientists. I mean, honestly, really? Really? Well, the Supreme Court decided that Roe v. Wade is okay and they're not doctors. And I must say that, uh, you know, if you're going to be an abortion doctor, you're not, the most, you're not the best doctor in the world, I'll be quite honest, because, you know, every time you operate, somebody dies. So not a really good thing. I had shared this uh, NAACP uh, defense fund director, uh, Janae Nelson, talking about... Uh, you know why uh, why this is a terrible thing for black people because she's convinced that only black people are going to suffer greatly because the masks are going away although i might add that people of color are the first to say no nah, you know i'm not going to do the uh, mask and i'm not going to do the shot because i don't trust you uh, here she is talking about the judge who made the decision but i think what this decision underscores more than anything um is is that we can't be reckless when it comes to our confirmation of judges. And okay, now we just approved the Democrat Party and select Republicans just approved a uh, constitution-hating, CRT and 1619 project-supporting judge who doesn't know what a woman is. And we need to unpack the ABA's rating of Judge Mizell as... Again, three years ago. 
hey, what's a woman? Well, generally, it's somebody who is born with the, what is it, the XY chromosome or the X, whatever, anyway. It, it's chromosomal differences, and then there's that whole genitalia thing. Not uh, qualified. Flash forward to 2022. I have no idea. No clue. Next question. Of the 180 federal judges that went before the 116th Congress, only three were rated non not qualified by a substantial majority of that ABA committee. Ah, the ABA committee. I'm having a feeling they might be a little political. And Judge Mizell was... Because we haven't heard a single thing about them until this interview. One of them. And her decision yesterday, uh, it illustrates the peril in advancing unqualified judges for pure political gain. (laughs) And why was Katanji Brown-Jackson originally nominated? Because... She's black and female. Nothing political about that. These judges have lifetime appointments. Yes. They're deciding some of the most consequential issues in our society, as you pointed out. And we, the public, bear the brunt of those bad decisions. Yeah, okay, well, I, this isn't going to be a bad decision. This is going to be a really good decision. And you know why I know that? It's because the CDC and the HHS have been wrong about pretty much everything. And this is really funny, because after uh, mandates forcing people to get two and three doses of COVID-19 to keep their jobs, to attend school, to travel, you know, go into a restaurant, take your kid to freaking Chuck E. Cheese, which kind of is a blessing when you think about it. You know, you're like, you're telling your four-year-old, ah, buddy, uh, you can't get vaccinated, so we can't go to Chuck E. Cheese. Son of a gun. We can't have mediocre pizza and spend hundreds of dollars to win a plastic ring and a dumb, dumb sucker. Anyway, Javier Becerra is the HHS uh, secretary. He's not a doctor. He's not a doctor. And after claiming that the uh, safe and effective RNA vaccine is awesome and everything, apparently it is killing black people at a much higher rate. But that doesn't mean you should stop getting the shot. Uh, By the way, we know that vaccines are killing people of color, blacks, Latinos, uh, indigenous people. Notice it suddenly becomes very Hispanic when he says the Hispanic name. Then back to just speaking like... American. People at about two times the rate of white Americans. So on vaccines, last year, we saw that about two-thirds of white American adults had received at least one shot of vaccine. Okay. That was just barely over 50% for black Americans and Latinos at that particular time. So again, we've got to work. Today, a year later, over 80% of white American adults have received at least one shot. Yeah. Over 80% of black American adults have received at least one shot. Over 80% of Latino Americans have received at least one vaccine shot. So now he's celebrating that the blacks and Latinos have gotten the shot, but he started off the sentence by saying this. Vaccines? Uh, A year ago today, uh, by the way, we know that vaccines are killing people of color, blacks, Latinos, uh, indigenous people at about two times the rate of white Americans. Okay. And he wants you to get the vaccine. (laughs) Do you you see what I'm saying here? (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying here? Dear God in heaven, this is fantastic. And by the way, according to the VAERS site, the Vaccine Adverse uh, Reaction site, uh, only 421 vaccine-related deaths in 2020 prior to the administration of the mRNA shots. 2021, the number of people who died after getting vaccinated uh, precipitously spiked with at least 21,914 people dying after COVID shots. Now, I'm not saying that you should not get a vaccine. I'm just saying uh, if you want to do it, you do it. Just go right ahead and do it. And I also will remind you that even with the vaccine, the goalposts were moved. We were told originally that the vaccine would prevent you from getting the virus, which is, by the way, what every vaccine has ever done. 
Uh, I haven't had smallpox, and I got my smallpox vaccine when I was a little bitty kid, little bitty kid, and I you know get some other sundry vaccines, and I and I didn't get sick, so I'm assuming those vaccines uh, worked to prevent me from getting sick, and also smallpox is effectively being wiped out, except for when it comes across the southern border. That said, the vaccine went from being able to prevent it to you need another shot to prevent it. To, oh, that shot isn't working, the second shot isn't working, the booster isn't working. Well, what it'll do is it'll lessen the symptoms. It'll lessen the symptoms. And now we're getting into the third shot and the fourth shot, and they are beginning to fade altogether and not work at all. And what does that leave for preventing the virus? Well, already having the virus and your immune system. There you go. So that's uh, that in a, in a nutshell, in a nutshell. Uh, That is what uh, has happened yesterday since the repeal of this idiotic mask mandate. And, of course, uh, like I said, the Biden administration is going to continue to push it. And they're going to appeal it, I guess. And listen to this. Paul Krugman is a uh, reliable uh, leftist commentator. uh, And he is predicting that individuals who choose to wear face masks will be targeted with harassment and violence. So not only are you going to die, more black people are going to die in the whole deal, but, but, uh, but you no-maskers are going to start uh, uh, harassing and, uh, and committing acts of violence on people who are uh, wearing masks when actually the opposite has been happening for two years. People with mask, mask bullies, have been bullying Americans who say, screw you, I'm not wearing a stupid mask. They've had their businesses closed down. They've been booted out of restaurants. They've been told they can't ride on uh, public transportation. I could go on and on. Krugman's comment con Tuesday came after the judge, of course, uh, slapped down the ruling. Uh, and he said, this is what Krugman says, a prediction about masking, colon, soon we'll be seeing many incidents in which those who choose to protect themselves with KN95, etc., face harassment, even violence, because this was never about freedom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. It was absolutely 100% about freedom. Because, you see, before we all had to wear masks, we were free. And then we were all told we needed to wear masks. And when we said no, we wanted to return to our freedom we were forced into it. So you see, wearing a mask is the opposite of freedom. But you can wear it yourself. As you can hear the chants from the crowd, let's go, Brandon. Oh, Joe Biden yesterday was in New Hampshire. He was in uh, New Hampshire, and he, and he talked about it. This is so funny. I wish he'd give this up. He's trying to make you and me think that he's down with whatever we're down with. Maybe you're a farmer, and you're trying to decide how the hell you're going to afford to put your crops in the field this year. And, and Joe Biden, who's not ever worked in the private sector, he's lived in Washington, D.C. for 50 years and never accomplished anything, really, honestly, except for imprisoning a lot of black people while his son smoked crack. Uh, you know, other than that. But basically, uh, he's been preaching the same lines every year. Things are going to get better, but he never does anything. And he and he likes to pretend like he's really down with you and me, even though he has no clue. He has no clue what you and I go through. He hasn't shopped at a grocery store in probably 50 years. Uh, he hasn't uh, probably very rarely drives a car. So hopefully not at all anymore because he clearly can't handle it. 
But here he is in New Hampshire talking about being the, he was always the poorest man in Congress. He was the poorest man in Congress. I was listed, I was had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I still had making a hell of a lot more money than anybody else. I mean, anybody can look uh, poor on paper when you're getting money paid to your son and your family to uh, buy access to you and keeping it off the books. I mean, that's fairly obvious, right? Because I was getting a senator's salary. No kidding. A senator's salary, if I'm not mistaken, about a buck seventy, about a buck seventy. Would you consider that to be poor? I don't think that's poor. I think you should make money while you're in office. But anyway, he said uh, he he didn't believe that you should make money while you're in office. Make money while you're in office. But anyway, the point of it is this: an awful lot of. But he's completely down with making money because you're in office. By the way, literally maybe twenty people showed up to the event. Half of them were media. Shades of the 2020 campaign all over again. But he uh, expanded on those comments. and They're BS. They're BS. Hunter's laptop proves it. $30 million alone from Chinese oligarchs in the last five years, according to Hunter Biden's laptop, shared in a book by Peter Schweitzer. Three and a half million dollars from the uh, widow of the mayor of Moscow to a son that he has who's a crack-addicted prostitute patronizer. Yeah. Other than that, he's very qualified to be, uh, you know, whatever he is. Just honestly, just just insane. Uh, speaking of saying, Rhode Island Democrats have submitted a bill. Listen to this. You want to talk about unconstitutional? Have submitted a bill to double the state income tax for parents of unvaccinated minors. Do you, I mean, can you believe this? The state will arbitrarily double your income tax rate if you haven't vaccinated your kids against COVID, which is not necessary for most children. If passed, the bill will financially cripple individuals by doubling their personal income tax, and listen to this, and requiring them to pay a monthly fee of $50. This is why nobody talks about Rhode Island anymore, or ever did. State Senator Samuel Bell is the lead legislator backing the bill, which mandates all Rhode Island residents, workers, and taxpayers receive a COVID-19 vaccine, as well as any subsequent boosters that the state's director of the Department of Health shall require. Unbelievable. All right, let's move on from uh, COVID, shall we? I think we shall. Ron DeSantis basically told uh, Disney, uh, you know, you're going to play in politics, so we'll just take away your privileges. We'll just, we'll just take away your privileges because Disney's able to pretty much run itself without any state intervention. And uh, DeSantis saying, if you want to intervene in government, then we'll intervene in your business. Ron DeSantis on Tuesday announced that the state legislature will consider repealing the special privileges that gave uh, Disney the quasi-government powers over the area where the Walt Disney Resort is located because Disney feels like they need to diss Florida. They need to label this uh, parents' rights and education bill something that it's not the don't say gay bill, and they need to basically call all uh, lawmakers who support this anti-gay, wanting gay children to die and whatever. Uh, here's what Ron DeSantis had to say yesterday. I'd also like to make another announcement before we get into the subject of today's program. I think as many of you know, the Florida legislature is meeting this week 
uh, to consider the congressional reapportionment plan, Florida, for the next 10 years. Uh, and that is what they've been called upon to do. But I am announcing today that we are expanding the call of what they are going to be considering this week. And so, yes, they will be considering the congressional map, but they also will be considering termination of all special districts that were enacted in Florida prior to 1968, and that includes the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Which, of course, is uh, Disney World, by the way. That's where Disney World is. So they're going to reconsider whether or not they should have special privileges. And again, if you want to delve into politics, then you will be governed by those who are in power. And if you want to stay out of it, then fine. Pam in Princeton, Indiana. Lovely Indiana. Hello there, Pam, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Hi, thanks for taking my call. You know something that I didn't really put together until I was listening to you earlier. They are pushing to keep masks on when you're on public transportation. Yes. But yet, they say that the threat of virus is low enough that we can drop Title 42. Yes. You can't really have it both ways. I know, Pam. I know, Pam, but you know what? When when has hypocrisy, well, hypocrisy is always a part of the Democrat uh, wheelhouse. It, it always has been. And, and, and then, you know, it's the same way with Gavin Newsom not wearing a mask to, uh, to the French laundry. Uh, it's oh, the same. Yeah. It's the rules for thee and not for me. Go ahead. But they used to be more covert about it. Now they're just like, <laughs> right out in the open. Like, they think we're stupid. I don't know. Yes. Um, and then you mentioned that, you know, just a couple of years ago, this would have been absolutely unheard of. Yeah. But also think about it. If we tried to walk into a bank with our face covered up three years ago, yes. I mean, we would have been tackled at the door, right? I know, I know. And this is another thing, and, I, and I've said this before. I remember when this originally started. Uh, you know, you go into a liquor store, and now if you don't wear a mask, you get in trouble. <laughs> I know, I know. It, it is. Oh, we've, been, we've been sold a bill of goods. Yeah, O'Hara Airport. I couldn't imagine going through O'Hara Airport three years ago with a mask on. Yeah, yeah. Considering all of the uh, BS that we've had to go through at airports with regard to uh, proving who you are, being completely strip searched, and and by the way, scanned to the bone so people can see your you know what's under your clothing and. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, Pam, thanks for the call. Do appreciate the call from uh, Indiana today. Now, this is also pretty cool. Ron DeSantis, uh, he also commented yesterday about Twitter. Because Twitter has, uh, you know, booted Donald Trump. Uh, There's possibility that Twitter could uh, be purchased, uh, a hostile takeover by Elon Musk, which would allow, I don't know, people of conservative ilk to express themselves once again. Uh, Here is Ron DeSantis talking about uh, maybe the state pension fund. Uh, divesting from Twitter. This is a glorious day for Ron DeSantis. The state of Florida and our pension system, we have shares of Twitter. Uh, I didn't buy it. We have people that run the fund. But nevertheless, it hasn't exactly been great in returns on investment. It's been pretty stagnant for many, many years. Uh, so, But nevertheless, I mean, to me, I think that that's probably an injury to the fund. So we're going to be looking at ways that the state of Florida potentially can be holding these Twitter board of directors accountable for breaching their fiduciary. I love it. I love it. That is great. Yeah, this is so this. stay tuned on that. Stay tuned on that. I will, absolutely. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, coming up, Jen Psaki cries. Literally cries talking about uh, protecting children from sex and sexuality in elementary school. She thinks it's a terrible, terrible thing 
We'll have some hot sake in just one second. Here's an idea for Jen. Have a gender-confused supporter of teaching sex and sexuality to kindergartners in school and uh, keeping books that contain images of man-boy love in school libraries. Babysit your kids for the weekend. Good luck. Why not? Why the heck not? If you are so down with it, then you should be perfectly fine with a person who advocates teaching sex and sexuality to five-year-olds to nine-year-olds and is cool with books like Lawn Boy in school libraries that feature oral sex images of man-boy love. So go ahead, uh, leave them right there with the kids, and go out to dinner. You, tonight is your big night. You're going to go to uh, uh, Bonefish Grill, you know, maybe just hang out, maybe see a movie. Come back to the, uh, you know, gender-confused supporter of uh, teaching kids sexuality and uh, man-boy love and all that stuff, and then you know, they give them their $10 an hour or whatever you're paying them, and that's fine. That said, here is Jen Saki. Yesterday, she was on a uh, podcast of some type, and uh, she cried, she cried, she cried over uh, the possibility of uh, keeping children between five and nine from learning about sex and sexuality in elementary school. This is a political wedge issue and an attempt to win a culture war. And they're doing that. Protecting your children a wedge issue, really? In a way that is harsh and cruel uh, to a community of kids, especially. I'm, I'm like going to get emo- uh, I'm going to get emotional about this. Here come the waterworks. Because it's just, it's horrible. But, uh, but you know, it's it's like kids who are bullied, and this like all these leaders are are taking steps. It has nothing to do, nothing, 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 nothing to do whatsoever with teaching five year olds to nine year olds about sex and sexuality to hurt them and hurt their lives and hurt their families. And you look at some of these laws in these states and it is going after parents who are in loving relationships who have kids. I've got a loving relationship with my kids. I love my kids a lot. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just don't want them to be taught sex and sexuality uh, between uh, preschool and third grade. That's all. It's completely outrageous. Sorry. I, I'm just, this is an issue that makes me completely crazy, but it is an issue that is a political wedge issue. And it's being driven by completely crazy people. It is not a reflection of where the country is. Oh, yeah, it is. It, it absolutely is a reflection of where the country is. Uh, the majority of the people, including Democrats, don't want this crap taught in school. See, so you can turn on your waterworks and everything. I don't know, maybe she had an onion in the studio and she was chopping it or whatever. Uh, but she's very, very obviously uh, very uh, down with this, uh, has a complete misunderstanding of it as a mother and is a complete political tool. Here is uh, Kaylee McEnany, who was uh, relentlessly pummeled by the press every single day in press briefings, despite the fact that she's a mother and a wife as well, just like Jen Psaki. Here is uh, Kaylee McEnany's response to the waterworks. For the White House, they want to force face cloth coverings on two-year-olds on airplanes and force teach them about sexuality and gender ideology at kindergarten, I mean, when my daughter goes to school... Here's an idea. Before you uh, ask a kid which pronoun they are, uh, teach the kid what a pronoun is. That's, that's the first thing you need to do. He, she, they, them. I don't want her learning about those things, coming home and teaching, being taught things that I then have to explain to her. And of all the issues to cry and get upset about... Yes, of all things. There's a war in Ukraine. There is bloodshed in our streets. Children literally dying on the streets from crime. That well, is- there is that. That that you could probably cry over that, but you know, to Democrats, um, it doesn't matter. It's totally out of control and rampant. 
There is COVID where more Americans have died on Joe Biden's watch than on President Trump's. Oh, yeah, there is that. You could cry about that. There is a lot to cry about. Namely, if you want to cry. You could watch uh, Old Yeller again. You could cry at the end of it. Cry about one issue in this country right now. I think the press secretary. Field of Dreams does it for me. Secretary should cry about the 62 million children that do not exist, that have been aborted because of Roe v. Wade, a heinous, heinous decision in this country that has exterminated about one-fifth of the United States population. So if you want to cry, don't cry about forcing sexuality on kindergartners. That is sick. Cry about the 62 million children who can't even go to kindergarten. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I think, did you hear that in the distance? That was a mic dropping. And so if you want to cry... Don't cry about forcing sexuality on kindergartners. That is sick. Cry about the 62 million children who can't even go to kindergarten. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Rob Carson. Uh, listen, folks, this COVID situation is far from over. With 8.2 billion people receiving the jab, it's not surprising that 85% of blood stored for hospital use is COVID-vaccinated blood. If you didn't receive the vaccination, maybe because of a medical exemption, a religious exemption, or maybe you just don't like to be unconstitutionally forced into a vaccination, what do you do next to protect yourself? You're going to want to type this into your phone right now, exemptalert.com. These are emergency health alert bracelets that say do not administer COVID vaccinated blood. I'm going to say that again because I know I'm blowing some of your minds right now. Emergency health alert bracelets that say, do not administer COVID-vaccinated blood. ExemptAlert.com. ExemptAlert.com. But it's interesting that the LGBTQIAA plus community, which obviously has endured bullying over the years, but now they're the bullies. Now they're the bullies. Now the, they're the ones. You get rid of Jay Chappelle we're going we're gonna to quit. And if you don't capitulate, and if you don't make 50 of your characters gay, and 50% of them gay in your care, you know, and if you don't oppose this bill to protect kids and from sex and sexuality in schools, then we're going to march. Well, they become the bullies. They really, it's, it's kind of sad. It's really sad. And I'm speaking this uh, as somebody who was bullied. It really is. It's pretty bad. Usually when you're bullied, you become an anti-bullying activist. But these guys are just out for pure vengeance, and they're using their platform as a, a cudgel to shut down dissent. It's really, it's, it, and then there's the grooming part of it, which is really creepy, weird, and awful. And been an advocate against child abuse for 30 years of my career. And I have done a lot of work on uh, kids being abused uh, sexually and otherwise. Uh, and I have uh, done my very best to work with fostering and adopting of children and organizations that do so. Because uh, I know that pedophiles become baseball coaches, and pedophiles become teachers, and pedophiles become boy scout leaders. And pedophiles will do anything they can to get close to kids. And out of nowhere, there's a push to protect them. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know why we're having this discussion. But it is robust in 2022. Mary Beth in lovely Baltimore, where I'm going to be uh, live at the Doubletree on the 5th of May. Hello there, Mary Beth. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's up? Hi, Rob. I had to pull off to the side of the road when I heard Jen Psaki crying. <laughs> yeah. I literally had to pull off the side of the road. It just kind of unhinged me to hear her crying because of her, her angst over children not being able to read these books 
and to be uh, kind of, you know, put into the situation where they decide what gender they're going to be. Yeah. And I agree with you on the whole issue of grooming. Um, I've seen this technique for years and years and years with pedophiles. And I've seen it with people who abuse children. And this is a grooming style. And this is what is now happening at the top levels. Yeah, and they use positions of authority. For instance, we look at the uh, uh, U.S. Uh, gymnastics coach who abused some of the premier female gymnasts in our country's history for years. Yeah. You've also got this Jerry, uh, what's his name, uh, at, at the University of Pennsylvania where Paterno was. Uh, yeah. John he molested. He molested young men for years, for years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this sort of behavior appears to be they're they're trying to soften us up on it. I don't know why it is. Trying to make it normal, normalize it. It's not normal behavior. This is a moral issue for this country. And I agree with the lady that called you before. We need to be interceding for this nation. We're in deep deep trouble for our children. I mean, it's bad enough that we haven't uh, defended the unborn, but you start messing with the kids, too. Uh, honestly, this is a hill that I will, I won't die on. I'll kill you on it, though. Uh, oh, and I mean that, and I mean I'm, that figuratively. I'm right there with you on that hill. I, I mean that figuratively, and not, not, but, but literally, if you choose hills to die on, I'm not going to die on that hill, but I'll kill you uh, figuratively <laughs> uh, with regard to molesting children and teaching kids Amen. sexuality. I'm perfectly fine going there. Mary yep. Beth, God bless you. Got to run. God bless you. Uh, discovered there was all sorts of crap being taught, like critical race theory, which I'd known about for a number of years. Uh, critical race theory being taught in schools. Uh, the left says it's not being taught in schools. That's a lie. And then, oddly enough, uh, you know, you say that uh, sex and sexuality is being taught in schools. No, it isn't. And then there's a bill in Florida where it says get it out of the schools, and then they have to admit it actually is happening. Uh, it is it is twisted. I, I, I'm not a devious thinking person. All I care about is that all children learn, can function in society, know how to read, write, and do math. Although I graduated without being able to do math. Um, it's nonsense. A, a woman named uh, Tina Deskovich, Moms for Liberty, talked about the, uh, the parents uh, in the uh, Florida Department of Education rejecting uh, 54 math textbooks. That's what has happened in the state of Florida. They've already started rejecting some textbooks because they made no sense whatsoever. They had nothing to do with teaching kids. They were purely political. Here is Tina Deskovich talking about uh, what's being taught in schools. Again, parents are not surprised. Uh, Anybody close to education should not be surprised. Uh, I I served on the school board here in Brevard County from 2016 to 2020. And what we saw in textbooks is what this $7.8 billion industry is producing books that aren't even aligned with standards. The math scores in America are dismal. 41% of fourth graders are not able to do math uh, at at grade level at this point in America. So textbooks, math textbooks, should be focusing on numbers, on calculations, not on ideologies. Now, I'm going to go ahead, and I I did a little research, and I've got a couple of books here that I want to go through. These are math textbooks, actually, that apparently are are being used, and they show that they really aren't teaching math anymore, they're teaching politics. So I'm going to run through a couple of these questions and, and see what you think. All right, see what you think. So let's start off with this one here. Um, a train is traveling at 70 miles per hour, and another train is traveling in the opposite direction at 50 miles per hour. If you are the engineer of the train, 
why are you a white supremacist who is privileged and hates black people? That's that's the question there. I don't know what exactly that has to do with um, the train, but that's one. Let me get another question here. Okay. Uh, here we go. Okay, if Megan is given three dollars to buy two packs of gum that cost a dollar twenty-five, when should she begin gender transition? See what that exactly has. Two dollars twenty-five. Two packs of that'd be two fifty. So it'd be fifty cents left over. Is what I would have come with, come up with, and I wouldn't have even thought about a gender transition. But that's just me. I mean, that's just me. Uh, here's another one. Um, two times two equals four. This is multiplication tables in this uh, new book here that I'm reading, this real book that's right here that I'm reading out of. Uh, two times two equals four. Three times three equals nine. Five times five equals have your penis surgically removed. I was thinking 25. I, that's five times five. Five times six is 35 times six. 35, yeah. That's what I'd say. Anyway, I, I'd say I'm going to stick with that. Now, here's another one. This is the division one here. From this textbook, uh, if you have 200 Black Lives Matter protesters and 10 of them hit cops with bricks, how many of the cops are white supremacists? There's that. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Jenny was born a boy and is now a girl. How many girls will she beat this year at the track beat? The answer is all of them. It's all of them is the answer. So all of the above. And finally, uh, two plus two equals four. And if you got that right, you are a white supremacist. They just said that. If you get the answer right, you are a white supremacist. So any answer you get correct, you're a white supremacist. So there you go. That's, that's what's being taught in school. Governor Mike Huckabee joins us on the Newsmax hotline. Hello, Governor. Welcome to the show. Good to hear from you today. Rob, it is a real pleasure to get to visit with you, and I thoroughly enjoyed having a face-to-face conversation last week in Mar-a-Lago. Well, and, and also I might mention your face is covered with glorious silver hair, and I mentioned that to you last week. I think the, I think the beard is a great decision, my friend. Well, I figured that uh, if Joe Biden should reinstate a mask mandate, I'm just going to tell everyone that I grew mine. It's already on my face. It's in place. We're good to go. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about, because uh, you do a lot more traveling than I do, obviously. Have you flown since the uh, mask mandate was uh, rejected by a federal judge? I'll be flying tomorrow. It'll be the first time since uh, this decision was uh, announced the other day. And I'm so very relieved, happy, ecstatic. Uh, it's long overdue. We've known for a long time that uh, COVID was not really affected by the kind of cloth mask that most people are wearing. And most of us have taken all the precautions. We've been vaccinated, boosted, had COVID. We're pretty well as about as set as we can get. And quite frankly, the stress levels on the uh, airplanes these days are, I think, exacerbated by everybody having to wear the face diapers. And for people that want to continue to wear uh, a mask, they're certainly free to do it. And some people probably should because of medical conditions. That's great. But for the rest of us, there's no need for this. And it's been very uh, destructive, I think, over the past two years to not be able to see people's faces. I think it has helped create a lot of the tension that we're seeing between flight attendants and passengers. I fully expect that a lot of that will decrease dramatically without the mask. It really is uh, quite overwhelming, and I was talking to my wife about this last night, about how ungodly stressful it is to uh, be a flight attendant, to be somebody in public service who has to wear a mask, and even worse yet, be the police. Uh, you know, it's very easy for Washington, D.C. to say, make it so. 
Uh, it's a lot harder for people who don't get paid squat to do what they do for a living, like flight attendants. It's not a very rewarding job, except for, you know, you get free air travel. But they've got to be the police. They've got to be the people who endure the backlash against masks. This has had to be a living hell with regard to the enforcement of mask mandates. What do you think? I, I couldn't agree more. And I think people take flight attendants for granted. The fact is, they're not there to serve drinks in the air. They're honestly there to save our lives in the event of an emergency. They're very highly trained, much more so than people respect. They work very long, hard hours. Um, they really, I think, have been taken advantage of in this situation, and they've turned into almost like junior air marshals, which is not fair to them. They didn't get paid extra to take all the abuse that they've taken. And quite frankly, it wasn't fair to blame them for something that they didn't institute. So I think probably flight attendants will be happier than the passengers about all of this, because uh, it's very difficult to wear a mask for lengthy periods of time. You can't breathe right. You have no idea whether somebody is smiling at you or frowning at you. Uh, sometimes with a lot of flight noise. You, you honestly, Rob, need to be able to read lips a little bit to kind of find out what the heck are they saying to me. And I just hope that Joe Biden and his crazy Justice Department doesn't appeal this ruling. Yes. Because I'm going to tell you, I think that if Democrats really, truly want to go ahead and put the final nail in their coffin, let them reinstitute the mask mandate right now. <laughs> yes. Now, I, uh, I actually had somebody uh, call me earlier today, and this ended up being quite a bit more than I expected it to be. Her name was Pam, and she, uh, she had a quote for me. It said, anyone who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. That was said by Voltaire in Washington, D.C. around 200 years ago. And I got to thinking about all of the absurdities that, uh, that the government has made us believe, like cops are killing black people randomly, that uh, people who are for a uh, keeping sex and sexuality away from children want gay children to die. Uh, I could go on and on. And I also would add uh, to, the, to the whole thing, uh, the absurdity of a mask, for instance. I wouldn't say that making people wear a mask is an atrocity. But uh, it is for younger kids. Uh, it is a level of control. I think that's what it's there for. But what are your thoughts about the absurdity of the Democrat Party and what they are backing now? And why do you suppose they're sticking with the mask mandate or sticking with teaching children about sex and sexuality in schools? I think it's about control. It's about moving the country to something that's unrecognizable. Uh, I listened to the tape of Jen Psaki when she broke down sobbing yes. about how awful it is uh, that the Florida Parental Rights Bill is being passed. And I'm thinking, in what world, Jen, do you think that kids who are four and five years old ought to learn more about sexual positions than they should their colors, their numbers, and the <sighs> fundamental letters of the alphabet? I mean, which parent ever anywhere believes that that's something that you ought to be teaching a four- or five-year-old kid in a government school without the parents having a say in it. Uh, my gosh, if the Democrats continue on this bent, open the borders, uh, have abortion up until and even beyond the moment of birth, have a policy of basically non-involvement when it comes to uh, genocide in Ukraine, uh, you start looking down the list and then add to that this idea that uh, men can be women, women can be men, men can have babies and breastfeed, and that four- and five-year-olds ought to be able to be taught explicit sexual content. 
Um, if that's the Democrats' platform, so be it. Uh, we're going to have a heck of a November this year. What has happened to common sense? What has happened to uh, being reasonable in this country? And what's the future of the country? There's an old saying that you've probably heard, Rob, that some people are educated beyond their usefulness. It appears <laughs> that a lot of people with Ivy League degrees have been educated beyond their usefulness. There's another saying I'll give you. There's no education in the second kick of a mule. And I would hope that Republicans are not stupid enough to take another kick in the head from the Democrats over some of these policies. Here's what I do believe is happening. Uh, The Democrats aren't just losing the capacity to win conservatives. The Democrats are losing their own party members. Uh, A lot of people who are Democrats, they're liberal. They're left of center, certainly left of me. But the truth is they're not crazy. Uh, There are free speech Democrats. There are people who believe in civil liberties, people who believe in rational parenting and believe that mothers and fathers raise better children than governments ever will. And for those Democrats, this current party that is led by Bernie Sanders and AOC and Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer and whoever Joe Biden's reading the script from today, uh, this is a party that has gone off so far to the left that they've abandoned the people of their party that once had rational ideas, albeit different from conservatives, but at least they were rational and they could explain them. These people can't explain these policies because they just don't make sense to anybody. Let me ask you real quick about uh, leadership within the Republican Party. What is the future of the Republican Party with people like Mitch McConnell in charge? And do you suppose there needs to be a bellwether shift in that leadership in Washington, D.C.? I've got respect for Mitch McConnell's leadership of the uh, Supreme Court nominees under Trump. He did a good job with that. He's a great mechanic. He understands the rules. I've always said that in the legislature, someone who knows the rules will beat the guy who knows the issues every time. Having said that, uh, if Mitch McConnell thinks that Lisa Murkowski is the kind of Republican we need, then we don't need Mitch McConnell leading the Senate anymore. It's time for him to step aside and let someone lead the party, lead the Senate, who actually believes that the Republicans ought to stand for something and fight for things that matter to the American people. All right, one more question before we got to go. You play the bass. Uh, What is your favorite go-to as far as rock songs are concerned? Is it Smoke on the Water? What is it? Oh, man, I have so many. But uh, (laughs) there's an old song by Grand Funk Railroad. Yes. uh, Inside Looking Out has a great bass riff. And so when I'm warming up, that's one of my go-to warm-up songs. (laughs) That and Sunshine of Your Love by Cream. Oh, come on. I love it. I love it. Governor, I want to thank you for joining me. It was a real pleasure meeting you last uh, week in in Mar-a-Lago. It was my first time meeting a president. It was the first time also meeting an ex-governor of Arkansas. Uh, (laughs) But it was a real real joy. I like your show, by the way, your TV show. You got a great late-night talk show on TV and a great... Great set. I, I love it. If you ever need like somebody to fill in, like when Carson was on vacation, I'm, I'm here for you. Politically, anything in your future? Are you thinking about running for office again? You're going to stay where, in your lane? I know you've got a lot of stuff you want to do. Yeah, I think, Rob, it's for sure to say I am done running for anything. Okay. I told some people, they said, oh, come on, think about it. I said, greater chance of me having transgender surgery than ever running for <laughs> office again. All right, Mr. Huckabee, uh, Governor, I greatly appreciate you joining me today, and uh, God bless you, and have a glorious day. 
Hey, thank you, Rob. Take care. Absolutely. By the way, check out MikeHuckabee.com. MikeHuckabee.com. He is on Twitter at GovMikeHuckabee. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.